Welcome back to Season 7 of Flop Stars, the podcast about albums that are close to our hearts but may not have shot up the charts in the way they should have. Today, we have a Flop Stars debut from an artist who is very topical this week because she's just released her second solo album, Desire, I Want to Turn Into You. It's Caroline Polachek's debut album, Pang, that we're doing this week, and I welcome my esteemed co-host and dear friend, Nicholas Kelly, to the podcast. Yeah, what's up? Um, Let's pang. Let's pang, baby. I mean, I'm a bit thrown off now, actually. (laughs) You were eating chips until six seconds before the record. I was taking a 15-minute break in between recording the pop-in and this. I think I'm at liberty to eat something. Anyway, <laughs> you're drinking no alcohol beer. It says low alcohol. This is less than 0.5%. Caroline Polachek, Pang, her first album. Caroline Polachek was half of the duo Chairlift. They released, I want to say, four albums together, but it potentially Prolific. was three. Prolific over so long as well. Um, 2008 was the debut album. Yeah, so only three albums, actually. 2008, 2016 was their final album, Moth, which kind of signalled, I think, that Caroline was heading into a different direction. She then did um, some different solo stuff under another name, which I believe was Ramona Lisa. And then she moved into this Caroline Polachek project and she basically had a very different sound going on for this album but then she met Danielle Harl and everything changed the album was originally meant to be folk tinged and it was called Calico but once she started working with Danny the whole thing was blown open and I don't know how she originally hooked up with Danny but Caroline was a feature on Charlie XCX's Pop 2 which obviously had production from a lot of those kind of hyper pop producers and that sound really suited Caroline's ethereal voice alongside her very natural experimental tendencies even though she's quite a good pop writer she's never going to be a straight down the line top line melody writer which is why I think Pang was so impressive and has the kind of notoriety that it does I guess I guess you would call Pang a cult classic in a way yeah, 100%, because it doesn't fit any moulds at all. Um, I mean, it's more an opera record at points than it is a pop record, you, yeah. could, argue, you could argue. Um, and I, I found out as well she studied opera after hearing a song that just fascinated her, and that's how she really kind of is able to flick so naturally between chest and head voice, between wow. those two sounds and almost create that natural auto-tune kind of feel. You'd have to I, say no that's her greatest that. strength, yeah. It's her, it's her, it's her special talent it's a special skill um, party trick <laughs> it's a party trick she can take it to parties and she can take it to to a, a cult classic um it definitely has felt like that and i feel like caroline's always felt like a bit of an underdog um she's almost felt like one of those remember that bear ms mister you know one of those like uh, sort of yeah cult classic new yorky indie never quite gonna be yeah. mainstream kind of acts but i feel like she's done a pretty fucking good job of getting herself into the mainstream zeitgeist yeah well i think the pang surprised people i mean the first single mm. door was kind of um this meandering 
track with some very elongated vocals uh, like a beautiful single but certainly not one that's going to touch the mainstream at all and all the singles were heading into all these different territories none of them were straight down the line pop tracks and then we got so hot you're hurting my feelings which i think we'll talk about quite a lot throughout this podcast because it really was a turning point for Caroline and it was a song that proved what her greatest strength is and none of the Caroline songs are going to hit you straight away they're all very much a slow burn and this album was a slow burn for her Um, but none more so than So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings which is just a brilliant pop song one of the best of the last 10 years in my opinion and one that just has continued to find an audience over and over and over again to the point where I think it's still streaming huge numbers at the moment. Written with Dan Negro before he worked with, um, is it Dan? Olivia, I actually still don't know. Okay. <laughs> I believe it is Dan Negro. Okay. But written se- with him before any of the Olivia Rodrigo stuff was released. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's a brilliant producer, pop producer as well. Well, he'd been um, doing some Conan Gray stuff before Olivia as yes, well. Yes, yeah. That had absolutely. been quite sort of special and, and very varied and, and really different sounds and adding sounds that hadn't kind of been done in that space before yeah. into him. Um, and I think, he's a, I think he's a real genius to be able to, to pair up with on some of these tracks. Talk to me a bit about your first experience with Pang because I was quite mm. a huge Chairlift fan. So I was so very was much looking forward to this. Yeah, so Cha-Ching by Chairlift remains probably top 10 maybe top five songs of the 2010s for me like really? it was just i will wow. never forget hearing it for the first time and seeing the video i'd never heard pop made that way before and maybe it's because yeah. i wasn't looking very fucking hard but it you know it, it just it just blew me away the composition and the way that her vocal kind of worked and weaved so strangely around everything but it also felt so cohesive at the same time. Yeah. It kind of was like when I first heard Octahate by Rin Weaver, um, yes, which was kind that's of... that's a good point. And I feel mm. like that was, you know, before the Charlie, you know, that Charlie pop to Alma um, kind of world that Caroline immersed herself in, there was those kind of really weird underground pop girlies like Rin yeah. who were around at the same time. And they kind of drew me into this whole other world of almost rule-breaking pop. Um so that had been my kind of understanding of Caroline and hearing that she was going to do solo work as herself and under her own name really excited me. Yeah. I don't know. For, for me, when I was first getting my head around everything, it all had a bit too much of that ethereal thing, which is a personal taste thing for me. Yeah. Um, it, it all had a bit too much of that spaciness and that use of reverb and I, I didn't quite understand it. But now having spent a lot more time with it and particularly revisiting it over the last couple of weeks when we were first going to do this this conversation was a couple of weeks ago when I'd first revisited and gone it's just really not sitting it's not doing much for me there are moments that do a lot for me but but giving it more time and I think because of the intricacies of it and how strange the arrangements are at points and how interesting it is the way that she stacks her vocals and moves those melodies around she's an absolute wizard at melody and and 
placing her voice yeah. in the right spots over the beat and sitting more and more with that I've come to way more of an appreciation than I think I first had um, of just how special this album is and how cohesive yet so varied it is where you've got those warmer more saccharine pop moments and then you've got those way more ethereal sort of one note things like insomnia you know they all play a part in building this enormous world around this record and I think I did hear that the first few listens was I, I did hear this kind of third dimension that you don't yeah. get from a lot of a lot of this kind of music it really does have its own very visual very tangible kind of world around it well it's songs like insomnia and parachute for example are songs that could not succeed at the hand of any other artist they are mm. so hypnotic ethereal abstract and the only reason that they work and that they hold your attention is because Caroline's voice is so suspended in air that it's just like really holds you in a trance in some way. If that was any other artist, those songs would be boring as anything, like really boring. There's other songs on here that could work with other artists, like So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. But those two in particular are the ones where you really get to see what she can do and how different she actually is as an artist and I really think there's obviously a real collection as you were saying of alt pop girls who are doing it so well at the moment but Caroline for me really sits in a different space to all of them and I can't really tie her to anybody even though because of Danielle Hall she is in that hyper pop pocket in some way but this music is not hyper pop at all it definitely takes elements of it but it's not the defining element of it. And I think no. so often with hyperpop, what I find difficult is that I can't relate to it emo- on an emotional level. And I think that this album actually really breaks through that wall. And the whole thing is a narrative from start to finish. So pre this album, she went through a divorce and then um, she this whole album tracks that journey from the start where she's completely down and out, like going through the ins and outs of that situation. And then we get to the middle point where she's really just kind of at her lowest. And then from there we emerge it to the point where she's like dating again and trying to put herself back into it, which is where we get to so hot you're hurting my feelings. Um, And also a song like Caroline shut up, which is like telling herself to just let go and like give in to this, these new feelings of like crushing on people um and then we arrive at the second album desire i want to turn into you which is her completely loved up again like love and life so it's quite a journey that it takes you on and all the parts are very important from her voice to the production to the lyrics to the structure of the album track list everything is extremely thought out and caroline is is very particular with the way she does things but i think it just works so beautifully on this album yeah, I think um, it's not the first album you think of when you think of the sounds of Danielle Harl and even A.G. Cook, who added production to this album at all, because you really do associate them with Blip Bloop, you know, PC music. Yeah. And this, this album so perfectly just takes the right elements, really cherry picks the exact elements that make that type of music emotional because you say you don't connect to it on an emotional level, but there are elements of hyper pop that can be very hyper emotional and yeah. it, it can find a way of, you know, the way that I think PC music, you know, taught 
you know, warping of vocals and stacking of vocals, I think, can create yeah. these really beautiful Perhaps kind I've of worded that moments. wrongly. Perhaps it's a different type of emotion. That mo- that's probably what it is. It's a more human, yeah. present, um, narrative-based form of emotion. Yeah, and that's exactly what this album does, is it, I think it takes the emotion that is possible out of that style of music and warps it into a way that's extremely human and extremely connective and ethereal, like you said, and, and yeah. very... Yeah, and and it's not it's subtle at points as well, which I think is probably the antithesis of hyperpop at points. This hyperpop can be quite yeah. loud and abrasive and in your face. This sort of takes some real subtleties from it that make it special and emotive and emotive, but but allows it still to be yeah quite quite sort of subtle at the same time. It also sounds otherworldly but organic at the same time. There is a lot of like um, very. I guess acoustic almost instrumentation involved in here songs like new normal and um I give up and and even so hot you're hurting my feelings I'm just going to keep mentioning that song um but there's definitely (laughs) an element of human humanity to it it feels very like you could perform it with a live band almost but then there's other moments like ocean of tears um and caroline shut up those kind of things where it's like that's when she really starts to play with it and starts to explore something that's a little bit alien and I love that mix of the two because you don't really hear that with an artist like Charlie she really goes into the like alien experimental side of it which she does amazing that's no no criticism of Charlie but that's her thing whereas Caroline blends the two worlds really beautifully on this so true can we talk about the album title for a second I think yes. it's just perfect I love isn't it, it w- isn't love it wonderful it. It, it's so it's I think like a lot of what the music sounds like it's an exceptionally visual title and it feels right and of course it derives from experience inexplicable adrenal rushes which you, that's exactly what that word sounds like Bang! Yeah. It's got yeah. a sound to it. It's got a feeling to it, and it encapsulates so much of what this album is about. It's in one word, and it's all across it because it's like it comes in so many different ways. Obviously, at the start, it's these pangs of like fear and disappointment, and like mm. this feeling of failure that she hasn't been able to make this relationship work. Yeah. Um, and it just culminates in this really crushing moment. I give up, which is just like the final like pang the final punch that like (laughs) i can't do it anymore but then at the end we're getting these pangs of like that feeling you get when you've got a crush and it's so like colorful and so electric and she brings that to life so beautifully at the end there and just being able to find a word that encapsulates that is really cool and i like also I like when there's a bit of duality to an album title and i think this has a lot of it and i liked it too with um Charlie XCX was going to call her album Sorry If I Hurt You and it was like you can say it in two ways you can say it in past tense or you can say it in present tense in in future tense and use exactly the same phrase so it's like going into a relationship and saying sorry if I hurt you down the line yeah or you say to someone sorry if I hurt you about the past during the relationship yeah and I love that fascinating covers so many different facets of a relationship if you're gonna do a really relationship centric album it's like um it's like let's eat grandma or <laughs> let's eat comma grandma exclamation mark it can I've mean never two thought of same that. words i've two different always things. thought of it as cannibalism <laughs> 
<laughs> Should we play a game? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Flop stars. <laughs> song game. Speaking of cannibalism, one song is going to eat the other song. <laughs> the better song will eat. Um, so this is putting Caroline songs from this album up against songs by PC music ad- adjacent artists. So artists who've either been directly involved in that world or kind of skirted the outskirts. Um, so the first one is So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. So hot you're hurting my feelings. Versus This Hell by Rena Sawyer. Oh, now you're killing me. Um, not eating is, you though. N- you're not eating me. No, let's eat, Grandma. Let's eat, Nick. <laughs> no, let's eat. <laughs> Please buy me dinner first. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> fucking hell! Um, I don't know if Army Hammer bought them dinner before. <laughs> well, and what you've done with this pair up as well is you've given me two songs that sound completely different from each other as well, and their approach approach things in a very very different way so you're giving me really one of the great unfair meetups of all time um but there is something timeless and 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 perfect about so hot you're hurting my feelings where from when it first emerged and then the way it's kind of evolved through this world of people being obsessed with it and finding solace in it um you know it's not taking away anything from this hell but i think if we're looking at at records that are standing the test of time already. Um, it's so hot you're hurting my feelings. So it's one one for Miss Polacek. Yeah, it's, a, it's both of these songs. I think maybe This Hell had a really immediate effect and So Hot mm. You're Hurting My Feelings has been a really slow burn. But I think at their core, they're both really strong, nostalgic pop songs, even though they sound quite different to each other but I think you're right in saying that So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings kind of journey not to use the worst word on earth but it's the way it's kind of continued to transcend audiences and continue to find new audiences through all these different mediums and the demographic is so wide as well it's it's really impressive and I had you don't see that very often with songs these days in this world where it's like the song's out, new music, like, let's chart it high in the first week. But um, TikTok's probably allowing there to be a little more of a slow burn and, and taking longer to... Do, I don't even know where I'm going with this. No, I get what you mean. Boring. It's giving longevity. It's giving longevity to excellent songs that on their surfaces may not get the love that they need. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. exactly what it does so beautifully and so well. And this one um, has so much longevity. And to the point where when this came out, nobody would have even known who Caroline Polachek was if I brought her up at a party. But now we play this song at nearly every party we have, even though the tempo is so different to anything else we're playing and the style is so different. But there's just something so electric about it and the way that it goes into that bridge that's like, show me your banana. And then like it's it's just so, I don't know, like magnetic and, and viral in a really human way it's yeah. it's really cool and it's up to now nearly 80 million streams on um spotify which is what's about her second what's her second most viewed it's her second is hit me where it hurts oh, no, and that's not. 16 million no door Se- sorry door is 23 million still you got four times three times four Amazing. times maths yeah smashed it like such an outlier in her discography and i hope that the next album has a moment like that and i 
I feel like off initial listens it it might but yes. we can talk more about that album later on let's move on yes. to our second so we've both gone so hot you're hurting my feelings yeah I'm happy to lock that one in yeah I'm second very intrigued ma- with this next one second matchup is Door versus Bags by Claro Obviously, Claro was originally a bit of a like hyper pop Danny O'Hara girl, and then yeah. moved into a very more like Carol King direction, which was quite a Carol switch up. King direction. <laughs> <laughs> Hazy, woozy, lo-fi, real sort of real sort of gr- turn up the grain on Photoshop Express. Kind Absolutely, of yeah. Situation, um, bisexual icon situation on bags, um, but. More and more listening to Door, it really feels like an arrival, um, in a way, for Caroline. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I keep going back to that more, whereas I feel like I might just be a little bit claroed out. And I think there was just so much discourse around, you know, what Bags kind of talks about that it might have lost its shine for me. So I'm literally going this one on on sort of taste and what I'm turning up right now, rather than quality of the song and objectivity, which I, which I tend to try and do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Caroline again for this one. Both of these songs pinch a certain nerve for me that I feel is similar in some way. They yeah. both have a, a vulnerability to them um, and a very minimum... Even though the production on Door is so widescreen and expansive, there's still... Mm. I don't know, Caroline feels very present on it and very forward in the production. And I, I feel that with the verses in bags, even though it's quite fuzzy production, I feel that Claro is being very raw and very upfront. Um, So this is a really hard one for me because I love them both so much. There's just something special about Door that just can, it just grows so much. And it's just like got this really magical feeling to it. And it goes for nearly five and a half minutes, but I'd feel like you don't feel that that duration you just get sucked into it and every time she kind of loses your attention a bit she like she takes that vocal up or she she waves it or something and just does something just hook you right back in and i think it's such a good moment and the absolute perfect moment to introduce everybody to this album even though it's almost the last track in the track listing, but the first single so i've got to go door as well great i'm glad we got there with that is stressing me out for some reason. Was, was it? Stra- yeah, I don't know what it was. Something about <laughs> well, it. You can yeah. breathe now. You can Pitting breathe. Me. The next <laughs> one. Against ocean each other. Of, <laughs> ocean of tears. The only thing that's separating you and me tonight is an ocean of tears. Versus Unlock It by Charlie XCX. Oh, Kim Petras. Another very good combination. Very reasonable matchup of, of things. Um, oh, this is actually really, really difficult because I I associate Unlock It with silly, yeah, and very memeified. Whereas Ocean of Tears is obviously quite serious and important for Caroline. Um, but also, if you really spend time listening to Unlock It, it's actually quite a you know sort of yearning song almost. Yeah. In a way, particularly in the verses. Um, that's a really, really hard one. But I think Unlock It is just, it, it's probably the, it, it's probably one of the most ideal modern PC music songs, Yeah, I think. Um, 
but there's nothing objectively wrong with Ocean of Tears to take that away from it being up against Unlock It. So I don't yeah. know. I think I'm just going to be a contrarian and go with Charlie on this one. <laughs> this one's so hard. I th- I felt I knew where I was going, and now I've listened to you for once. I'm starting <laughs> to change my mistake. mind a little bit. Yeah, I know. I should have just muted you while you were talking like I often do. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so hard. You're right. Unlocker is like the poster child for, for PC music in a way. It just captured yeah. that so beautifully. And it is silly, but it also is like got some great lyrics to it. And it's upbeat and nostalgic and Kim's the way Kim and Charlie play off each other is perfect. But then Ocean of Tears is just, for me, is one of the real standouts on the album mm. because it just feels like a barrage of emotion. The way that Danielle Hall produces on that is just incredible. Like the, t- the chorus literally feels like a wave coming at you. And the way Caroline races through that with her, like, amazing melodies. I... Oh... I know. I know. I feel like I'm in the world of Pang, so I'm edging towards Ocean of Tears, but I think really if it was a rating of like my favourite songs of all time, even though these like wouldn't be in the top 10 or anything, but um, I think that Unlock It would end up ranking higher. Yeah. This kills me. Yeah. You know what you mean. Yeah. I'm going to go Unlock It. I'm going to go Unlock It. Let's move on. I thought we very nearly had an all four situation. I know that we've deviated. This one is Look at Me Now. Versus People I've Been Sad by Christine and the Queens. Two very soppy moments that I'm sure you Yeah. Yeah, they're right up my alley, both of these. Um, I don't even... I think I I think Caroline talks to me a little bit more personally with this song. Yeah. It's hard it's hard to explain. Yeah, I think I'm just going to have to go Caroline for this. I get There's what you mean. Ab- People yeah. I've been sad is a little more abstract in the in its lyrics. Yeah, even though the core, the, even though the title is very <laughs> straight down the line. Yeah, and sometimes I, sometimes I think I gravitate myself towards sort of less wrapped up in metaphors kind of deliveries every now and then, particularly when it comes to this kind of more earnest stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a very, it's a very close one. But I think, I think it's, I think I have to go with Caroline. These. <laughs> I just looked up the lyrics for Look At Me Now because yeah. there's a few in there that I really, really like. And it says, yellow model chick, yellow bottle sipping, yellow Lamborghini, yellow top missing. Look yeah. at me now. <laughs> Look at me now. I'm getting paper. Because <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm running. I'm feeling like I'm going to wake and away, get away, but I won't. And I can't have a stop because you know we're going to win every day. day. <laughs> Last time Chris Brown will be mentioned. He did that. Yeah. Um, back to soppy songs, sad yeah. songs. Look at me now is is one of the best moments on the album, as well because it is Caroline just completely unrestrained in terms of what 
she's saying like the rawness of what she gives in this situation which seems to be right at the end like it's it's break point with this divorce things are getting yeah. down to the line you know <laughs> and just goes through like not been sleeping getting skinny but like look at me now i'm still the same i haven't changed it's it's like real some really cutting stuff but then people i've been sad is as well and i think the reason that hit so much is because it was released right at the beginning of the pandemic while everybody was in isolation and you released this song that's like it's true that people i've been sad people i've been gone people i've been missing out like it's really connected to a moment so whereas caroline's is very attached to her singular moment people i've been sad felt like the world's in some way and that sounds so deep and ridiculous but for that reason i'm going people i've been sad just because i think it connected on a more universal level but i love look at me now some of these songs are my absolute favorites like of this eight here so you it's know. worth reminding people that you write the songs for yeah, the but song no game. Winners like, in you are your music. own yeah. worst enemy when it comes I do. to I've done this songs to against each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes um, for a good one, though. Um, should we talk quickly about what the critics have said about this? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like, it was on a lot of the best of... It kind of was inescapable on all of those end-of-year lists yes. as well, and it did definitely feel like a very defining pop moment. The reception was tepid when it mm. came out. It had to grow. Pitchfork, who are big Caroline stands now, Bunny as a Writer was their number one song of 2021, and they've been very um, favourable towards her new music. But they said they gave it a 7.3, which is not bad. It said, Pang is such a coherent musical statement that when something doesn't fit, it stands out. That's... I I don't feel that way at all. No, I don't necessarily agree with that. It, it, It fits because it doesn't in in ways like it feels like it's a it's so much a sum of its parts in that you couldn't really chop anything out of it and i know i was taking the piss the other week to you and being like fuck insomnia off but yeah but would you you take it out of it no you can't it's such an important part of it and it's such a sum of its parts that album because the conversation she's trying to have on it and and sitting in the pangs of you know divorce and love is That that's the human condition in a moment like that. Like you feel all of these different things and you feel these like mega ups and mega downs. Yeah. And that's what this sounds like as well, where I don't think it's like, there's not moments that don't fit on it. No. I disagree with that. No, I don't think so at all. And I was actually listening to Colella's new album, Raven today. And yeah. there's this stretch of songs, maybe two, three songs in the middle that are a bit insomnia-esque. They're very meditative in a way. Mm. And but we go from these clubbier songs and you dip into this this state and then you come out, one of the final meditative songs has this beat that kicks in and then like we're back in to Clubland. And those songs are so intri- integral to the overall feeling of the album that yeah. you would never click, you would never hit play. I'm not going to go hit play on Insomnia or add it to a playlist by itself. But it needs to be there because it is literally the centerpiece of the album. It's the turning point of the album completely. It's the moment where she starts to come out of this, like the darkness that she presents at the beginning. So, yeah, I I agree. And then um, The Guardian gave it a three out of five, 
Seb, Polacek remains too much of a class act, a little too wedded to conventional beauty on songs like Look At Me Now to really take her pop to the bleeding edge, which, again, I'm not I'm not really the, sure where the that album, comes from because there's uncomfortable no. moments. What are they asking for? They're, they're asking in that review for something that doesn't exist and for something that's not true to this album, yeah. not true to this artist at this point. Yeah. Like, you want it to the bleeding edge. What do you want? Do you want a pop as a clock hyperpop? song because you're not going to get it the whole point of this is that it's quite intricate in the way it takes yeah. elements from that genre and t- marries it to elements of other genres shut the fuck up guardian and it interests like this is a very cohesive record these comments po- potentially fit more towards her new album yeah which is very <laughs> kind of that. all over the place in the best way but you know you've got <laughs> songs like billions that sit up against um songs like I Believe which is like going from a children's choir to a 90s a deconstructed 90s rave like a house rave song which is kind of brilliant this album set her up and took her to the point of like finding some kind of happiness and confidence in the pop world for Desire I Want to Turn Into You just absolutely blow the door open I mean she starts the album like basically screaming on Welcome to My Island yeah, and it's really cool to see that the albums really match up and they have that journey together and she's only she's only just starting to explore the depths of what she can actually do I think because it's pretty endless like she she's really not scared to do anything i mean she can support dua lipa but she could also play a show with like ambient artists out in the desert somewhere you know it's very she's she's very all over the place which i love which is going to continue to be one of her superpowers i think because we are moving into such a post-genre world we're moving into such a a world where it all kind of is melted together and so she's not going to tie herself to any particular sort of space in any particular yeah. sort of, of genre. And I think that's going to continue to, to pay dividends for her in terms of, you know, what you're talking about with the like lineups and, and, and bookings and collaborations that she really does kind of have a blank canvas that can constantly be refreshed and constantly be redefined with who she chooses to align herself with. Do you think that's a, that's like a, a con in terms of, in terms of her being marketable to a wider audience because her she is quite niche. Like, So Hot You're Hurting yep. My Feelings, for example, could be marketed as a very straight-down-the-line pop song. Radio, yep. this would be fine on. But she's doing some kind of like middle medieval like witchery sort of thing in the in the video clip and like everything's a little niche and she's never sands down any edges. Do you think that that's a con for her or a pro? It's a very hard one to define without having seen any, like, mainstream smash success. Yeah. But does she need it? Or is she happily going to be one of these artists, like a Blood Orange or like a Christine, like we talked about? Yeah. That could sort of... Even a Solange, who is in, in circles other than the commercial radio pink sphere, Yeah, everyone knows her. Everyone knows the name and everyone knows at least one or two of the songs and those who choose to dive deeper are welcome to, but it's not obligated. Um, You know, I think longevity is going to come out of that. 
and I think that's actually going to continue to be a pro of hers. And I think the fact that she doesn't fit into any particular box is actually potentially going to open her up to once you've got that 90% of the of the world who listens to music a slightly bit deeper than just hearing songs in the background. Yeah. Once you're talking about that world that actually is interested in 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 different sounds and has an openness, you know, she really could creep up and arrive at any new fan. And I think that's going to continue. And as I was talking about with the post genre kind of thing, like it's, that's going to continue to be a yeah. superpower for her. And, and I think a pro in, in the end, it just might not get her a number one. And yeah. I think that's all right. Yeah. I, I don't think she's, whereas Charlie, I feel like wants to not change her music, but she wants to market it towards a mainstream audience. Yeah. I don't think Caroline has any. Um, and I think Charlie believes, I think Charlie truly believes that what she what she's doing in the pop space even when it is abrasive and different i think she truly believes that she can be the one to change yeah that uh, that yeah mainstream opinion um yet to be proven but i think if 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 anyone is going to do it i think she potentially is at least going to break down the ceiling for someone else to do it yeah whereas Um, caroline seems unconcerned yeah, which yeah. is going to be a superpower as well because that is what longevity is about because you're not going to get jaded and burnt out by not achieving these unrealistic goals that you've set for yourself. Yeah. And I'm not saying a number one for Charlie is not realistic. I mean, she literally had a number one album in the UK with um, with Fingo, with Crash. But, you know, that that sort of heights that she achieved in 2013, 2014, again, I'm sure. Unsure, yeah. but I think there is is a possibility for it. But I think it would get very exhausting, constantly thinking about that. Whereas, as you said, Caroline's not. It doesn't feel like Caroline really is here for that. Yeah, if you had to have a critique of this album, and may, maybe you already have several, mm. what what's one you would have? It can be a bit self indulgent at points. You know, I think when it when it slows down towards the middle, and when it yeah. gets into that, as much as I need. As much as it needs to slow down and it needs to get into that that sort of wilder space, I think it can potentially be a little bit too pretentious at points. Yeah. Um, and I think on a personal level, um, it heads into Lana territory a little bit too often, or at least that sort of <laughs> reverb ethereal kind of thing. At, only at points though, and it's only Never slight. I trim a little bit of the fat. Shoot a little, a little jab at Lana. You put Lana in my head. Why did I say her? I didn't I say a word about Lana. You talked about her yesterday when we were together. <laughs> <laughs> in a completely so separate conversation. I'm within my rights. I am well, I my actually rights. got to after you left. Went with one of our other friends who actually likes Lana Del Rey, and we got to have good she's conversations about her. She's an idiot. Did you say she's an idiot? <laughs> yeah, that friend of yours. <laughs> I can say that. I had you for one episode. I can say that. For Norman Effing Rockwell, you were being nice about her. Now you've gone back to your nasty old ways. Yeah. No. I'm consistent. (laughs) She is intergenerational. (laughs) I'm staying with my niece who's 18 years younger than me and she loves her too. Who else could do that? That makes three of you. Certainly not your Um, funny little bands that you like. Like who? Name one. (laughs) Matchbox... 20s and when have I ever said that I like Matchbox 20? (laughs) When have I ever done that? You made us when we were driving in the car the other day, you made us listen to um, 
Lonely No More by Rob Thomas. That was your wife that did that. I was sitting in the car. Your wife was controlling the music. <laughs> Gaslighting me. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> don't play right, my stupid game. Okay. Flop stars. This is called, again, I don't really have a name for it. It's called Chairlift or <laughs> Another Chairlift. And um, because she was in a band called Chairlift, I've got reviews of Pang um, from both the media and from um, fans. And I've also got reviews of chairlifts of various ski spots in Australia. <laughs> and I want you to work out. I was hoping it was going to be worse. this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you think, did you actually think, did you work it out that that's what I was going to do? I didn't that know. Like- I didn't know. <laughs> but I was, I was secretly hoping. Okay. I'll start with the first one. Ready? Yeah. Um, I honestly would have let the spiders kill me if I missed it. Is that a review of Pang or of the chairlift at Mount Kosciuszko in Australia, the country's highest mountain? I honestly would have let I the spiders kill me I can't think of any way you could jam that sentence into being about Caroline Polachek's music. So, I've c- <laughs> could it be about a show? Could it be like a fan missing a show? Could be. No. Okay. You're the one I'm going to go chair, an actual chairlift on this one. Yes, it was an actual chairlift. A man named Daniel Oakman left that review because he said there were a lot of spiders on the walk back down because he missed the final chairlift of the day. So if you're ever going to Mount Kosciuszko, the final one arrives at 5pm and it's very important that you're on it. <laughs> <laughs> I never Do they literally just leave people up there if they don't? That's quite negligent. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. They make them walk down and it can get dark really early because it's the fucking snow. Uh, okay, second one. There's an inherent playfulness. There's an inherent playfulness. There is not an inherent playfulness to any chair left. Yeah, there is. Look around. See things. I, you do not want <laughs> a chairlift to be playful. A chairlift Actually, simply has to be safe and take you from A to B. It's, that's about Caroline. That's about Caroline. That's from the anime review. Uh, filled with fidgeting. Is that a review of Caroline Polachek's Pang or is that a review of the chairlift at uh, Threadbow in Australia? Filled with fidgeting. How does a chairlift fidget? Because if you, you, like, if you, like, it can fidget from left to right, you know? You okay. go, oh. Did you see the Rihanna see, stage a- moving at the end a bit? I was very stressed. <laughs> looks, can you imagine? very panicked it was fucking high imagine if she so died at the high. super bowl that could be the excitement everyone was oh looking for god. Um, <laughs> um that one is about caroline yes it is it's also from the nma review about it um this is epic like almost nothing else truly remarkable is that a review of the beautiful scenery of the okay Kosciuszko this chairlift? is maybe your first good one or is that? Because yeah, it now, could I'm, be about the side. I'm realizing that now. I thought it was. I thought they were much more cryptic than they are when I read them out. <laughs> I hadn't read them in. This one is about. Can you read it again, please? This is epic, like almost nothing else. Truly remarkable. Big words. Um, I think epic. that's about an actual chairlift. Almost nothing else truly remarkable. Well, you'll find that Alan Tower wrote that about Caroline Polachek's Pang. No! The public re- reviews on Google. God yes. damn it. I did not want to give it's you a the, win. It's the first one on there. Um, there was, there's only... Because I, I didn't realise that people can review albums on Google like you're reviewing a place. There's only about three or four reviews. Really? Um, 
And the fi- the last one says, poop is bad like me, I have no friends, and gave it one star. So I don't quite understand what that's all about. That's about the Caroline album. Yeah. Why is it? Someone named Andrew M posted that. Um, moving on. Moving on, next one. Um, the next one is... Hang on, this was one I found very last minute. Give me one second. Um, remove this, please. Um, enjoyed it despite everything. Enjoyed it despite everything. Because this can be a difficult mm. listen to get your ears around, right? But that could also yeah. be about, you know, a difficult day. Was that day you reviewing pain? <laughs> Enjoyed it despite everything. <laughs> um, I think that's about a chairlift. That's correct. That is about Kosciuszko, the chairlift there. What was, um, why did they not enjoy it in the first place? Like, what was going on? Uh, hate you know? chairlifts. Maybe Tony Mole said... Hate chairlifts. Maybe it is because of the height. Well run. Great staff. Enjoyed it despite everything. Five stars. So he starts with the word That's hate. So but and this is a man that hates chairlifts, but went on it anyway and spent time reviewing it afterwards. Yeah. Brilliant. But hates chairlifts. Thanks, Tony Mole. Um Okay, the final one. The final one. Yeah. Uh Weird and Meandering. Is this about a trail? I would love for a chairlift to be uh, weird and mira- meandering. Weird and meandering. Yeah, because it can go... Whoop. That's me doing a No sort of one is getting onto a chairlift move. that is weird and meandering. Especially not me. No. That's not definitely me. not Tony Mole. No um, <laughs> This podcast is dedicated That's to Tony Mole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that is about Caroline. It's also dedicated to Tony Ball, who, who passed on a chairlift last Ball. week. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bloke. I've learned you a should've... lot about chairlifts and a lot about the Caroline album, but well done. You were pretty good at that, except for the one public review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was very good in the end. I enjoyed that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Pleasure. Um, do you want to run me through your best and worst songs on the album? Oh, it's and such give me a score out of question, 10. You say. We'll just pop Insomnia in there, I'm guessing. No, I think I've come around to Insomnia because I understand its place. Oh, wow. You know, I'm not as anti-Insomnia now. Oh, it's so hard to decide my favourite because I want to go straight down the line with So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings, but then I also want to give Look At Me Now the flowers that I think it deserves, but I also yeah. love Pang, the title track, uh, and Door as well. I think I'm... I don't know. There's what we talked about with So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. There is a timelessness to that song. Um, and it's perfect for so many situations. And I just think it's a, you, you know, I have a, I have a tendency to go for the cuter moments on the album as well. But I think I'll yeah. go so hot. You're hurting my feelings. My favorite, yeah. least favorite, probably Ocean of Tears. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To Ocean, be Ocean of, of tears. tears. Yes. Your least favorite. Mm. Yeah, I'm backing it in. Backing myself in. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm trying not to do insomnia because now I've been I've been um, typecast as an insomnia hater. <laughs> so I was just about to say in recent weeks we've been agreeing on our best and worst, but yeah. this is wild. All right, is, give me a score a out of ten. Deviation. Um eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I think like the review the last review that could have been about a chairlift, I think it points it's weird and meandering. And I think it just goes a little bit too in its own ass at points. <laughs> but <laughs> without finding nicer words to say. But I also think... Ass, you know, I want to turn into you. Ass, I want to turn into you. 
Let's <laughs> Photoshop the cover. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's a really beautiful exploration of love and loss, basically. Um, and, you know, I think cult classic deservedly. It's experimental and it doesn't sound like anything else. And it's uniquely Caroline. Okay. Um, I'm glad you came around because our conversation the other day about yeah, it was looking, quite negative. Wasn't, wasn't looking, looking too good. Crash hot? No. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What about you? My favourite songs on the album are... Mm-hmm. Again, again, at- one. You gave several and then you broke it down. Okay, you need to do the same. Thank you. <laughs> Look at me now. Look at me now. So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings and Ocean of Tears are my favourites. <sighs> and Door. And Caroline, yeah. Shut Up. Um, oh, That's this is so hard. It's really hard because Spotify just targets So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings to me every time an album or playlist ends. It's always So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. So it's driving me mental now. I think at this present time, I'll have to go to that my favourite is Look At Me Now. And my least favourite is Go As A Dream. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Go As A Dream is my least favourite. Yep, I'll take that. Yeah, and I'm also giving it an 8.5 out of 10. Some agreement at the We've end. We've agreed. We've agreed. Some agreement. the ocean of tears. I really can't... You need to go back and listen to that. Okay, yeah, I'll go a bit deeper on that one. I might actually have the wrong song, to be honest. Um, <laughs> less... <laughs> I'm really removing my own credibility here at the point. <laughs> oh, you've been um, doing that. The new album's out, and it's a sprawling... Um, yeah, it's a sprawling and kind of ridiculous record that sort of takes what was so incredible about this and dials certain things up to 11 and adds bagpipes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about the reception to, the, to the, this record as well. I think it's probably still going to sit in cult classic territory once everyone's had a, a chance to absorb it, but it still feels like an elevation of what she set up so beautifully on Pang, I think. Yeah, I think Welcome to My Island has the, has the chance to become like a... Run away with me, Carly Rae Jepsen, dancing on my own, mm-hmm. Robin kind of thing, where it will build into something more and more special as time goes on. Because I think that chorus is just so classic. So I'll be interested to yep. see how this one grows. Well, and if it's like um, if it's like dancing on my own, then in six years' time, a white man will come on the X Factor and cover it in a ballad style, and it will um, become a hit. Then That's welcome to my island. Oh my god. You ain't leaving. For more, doesn't have the same doesn't have the same um, sweetness to it. Sounds a a little bit potentially illegal in some ways. Yep, yep. Sounds a little bit too saucy. It's got a bit of a Tony Bennett feel. The way you Tony Bennett. Yeah, Tony Bennett's never had any songs about locking people on an island. I really hope he doesn't cark it by the time this episode comes out. That would be our luck. We've only got two days, surely. Oh, no, yeah. We'll be right. Um, all right. Well, if you could um, jump on at Flopstars Pod slash podcast on um, the socials because we haven't aligned them yet, um, you can check out the visual side of this situation. Um, and please rate and review the podcast if you've enjoyed it um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because it helps with the numbers and then um, people will give us money to keep doing it. Um, yep. Not that we've earned any yet, but that's the hope. That's my elevator pitch. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.